Hello and welcome to the Sunday Jumpstart Podcast, a weekly podcast helping goal-getters ditch the excuses, do the work, and make it happen. My name is Jessica Lauren and you are listening to episode number 144. Hey, and welcome back to this week's episode of the SJS Podcast. Happy Sunday. Y'all, I'm really excited about this uh, weekend, baby, because it is the weekend before my birthday. Y'all, I'm turning 38 on the 31st. Today is the 30th. It's actually my dad's birthday, so happy birthday, dad, if you're listening. Um, I plan on living my best life this weekend. Um, Will don't know this, but I think he got me a massage book, so go off. I got my hair done my nails done I think we went out to eat hanging out with a couple friends so I'm really excited about this weekend I'm also just excited to spend some time with you before the party gets started this weekend so what are we talking about today you know we are continuing continuing um, the big lessons series it's all lessons that I learned you know I'm a saying that some of you guys when I was going through my rates and reviews on Apple podcast y'all was like Jessica you are the big sister in my head the big sister I never had and I said, well, shoot, what's this? I'm y'all big sister. Let me impart some of this wisdom I got in all these almost 38 years. And today we are talking about money, honey. Y'all, I was so broke, so in debt, so afraid of money um, because I was ashamed that I wanted more of it. I had all these stories floating around in my head about what it meant to be a good Christian, what it meant to be an artist, what it meant to be somebody that had money. I was so ashamed that I wanted more of it because I already felt blessed and it kept me so stuck in my life. I was afraid to go after the bag. And I want y'all to be like me. Today's episode is all about going after the money that you need and the money that you want in order to live a life that is full of beauty and purpose and wonder and fun. You know, like we get so focused on our goals and work that we forget that, hey, we can also have pleasure and fun. So uh, buckle up, grab your mimosas, your coffee, your latte, your water, uh, and, and listen in on this episode where we talk about money mindset and reconciling those stories that we have that keep us stuck, that keep us broke that keep us in debt um i love talking about money and manifesting and abundance so i'm super excited about today's episode thank you so much for tuning in before we dive on in do me a favor if you could press pause and go ahead and leave a fast star rate and review in the apple podcast that really does help get our make ish happen message out there be sure to leave your name so i can shout you out on the next episode if you don't listen to me on apple you can also help spread the message by uh screenshotting today's episode and sharing it in your instagram stories just tag at the sunday jumpstart all right y'all now that we got sjs business all buttoned up let's slide on into today's episode episode number 144 big lesson series don't be afraid to chase after that bag okay all right y'all Okay, so one of the biggest regrets that I have in my life is that I was too afraid to go 
after the money. There was a huge part of me that was too ashamed to step up to the plate and say, hey, y'all, I need some more money. Hey, y'all, I want some more money. Somebody up in here needs to be paying me some more money. I was ashamed to desire more, to want more money, to say, hey, what I got right now, this ain't it. This ain't enough. I was ashamed of it because I was married and carried around so many like self-limiting beliefs towards money. My relationship with money was in the pits um, and it has a lot to do with my upbringing. Like a lot of us, a lot of our issues have to do with some of the things that we learned as a child or we misinterpreted because we didn't have the right context or tools to really understand it. One of my issues with money stemmed from the church. There is this belief in my church at least, you know, or, you know, just in black Christianity that money is the root of all evil. Like we hear it all the time. Like you cannot be a good person and be chasing after the bag. And in my mind, it was like, well, dang, I don't want to be an evil person. I don't want the devil to think I'm on his team. So let me not be too greedy. Let me not, you know, be selfish. Let me not want more because my portion, the things that God has blessed me with, that should be enough. Right. So there was some guilt there, guilt for saying, hey, I kind of want to switch careers. This isn't working for me. Hey, I actually want to go up for that promotion because I need some more money or, you know, I'm grateful this apartment. Yes, I got a good deal on it, but it's not safe. I want to move to a safer neighborhood. How dare I think those thoughts when God has already so graciously blessed me? Right. So we had the church going on in my head. Right. Not only that, there was some some unwritten rules in my industry. I'm a theater kid. I studied theater in high school and college and was really pursuing film, theater, commercial uh, acting, all of that print work, the whole nine. Got an agent, was going to auditions day in, day out. Finally started booking stuff. Um, But there's this unspoken rule, especially if you come from a conservatory background. Conservatory training is very intense, very, you know, rigorous. My teachers, my professors, everyone was somebody in the business that had connected to your next big break. Like my teachers, you know, Nico is from P-Valley. He was my dance teacher. Marilyn McCormick was my acting teacher in um, Detroit and she just won an Emmy. You know, my theater professors taught people like Kevin Spacey and James Gandolfini and Julia Roberts. And, you know, some of my friends are people that are actively on TV now, actively in big, huge shows. And so there's this thought that how dare you ask for more money or you shouldn't ask for more money when, you know, the person you're asking could be linked to your next big break, right? Like you can't ruffle too many feathers because you might be blackballed. You never work a day again in this town if you ask for my money. Not only that, there's this belief that if you want to be taken seriously as an artist, a musician, an actress, a painter, you have to be a starving artist. We have all heard that term because it has been a huge like urban legend in the art world that in order for you to be a bona fide taken seriously artist, you have to suffer for your craft. You have to, you know, uh, pain brings forth beauty. There is a lot of that rhetoric going on in the art world. And that's why a lot of our artists, you know, tap into drugs or, you know, uh, like it, 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 it was a badge of honor to be broke. 
it was a badge of honor to go without, right? Because if I go without, that's when I can really deep down into my soul and get into character. That's when I could come up with the best dance masterpiece. And the reason why they came up with that whole starving artist is because the theater was broke as a constitution was broken and they had no money to pay no doggone people. So they were like, you know what? In order for you to be taken seriously, you're going to have to pay your dues. How dare you ask for money? Um, and, and this is what we do. Like in order for you to go up and get an Oscar one day, you have to breathe, live, sleep, um, acting. It has to be your passion. If you think about anything else, you're not taking it seriously enough. And I've had teachers say that to me, put that in my head. Oh, oh, you want to like think about double majoring and, and, and something else that's like a little bit more stable. Like that was my thought. Like I love theater like the next person, but baby, I need some money in my pocket. Theater does not pay. Acting does not pay unless you start booking constantly. And when you're first starting off, you know, it's kind of like a hierarchy. You can't just jump off the bus and start booking it is girls before you men before you people before you that are paying their dues and that they kind of got to put on before you so I was like why they putting folks on let me go ahead and go to a trade school and and get licensed in braiding I could braid really well uh and then I was like okay while I'm in school let me double major as a teacher I've I my whole background is in teaching and with children so let me use my other talents like acting and singing and dancing isn't the only thing God has gifted me with with. I am also really, really good with my hands and making hairstyles. Child, anybody that graduated from Northern Illinois University from the years 2002 to 2006 and they got locks of braids, baby, there's a chance I started them or I did their hair. Like I had my own little business in college. Um, and I remember t- telling, you know, my grandmother about it or, you know, my old mentor, they'd be like, oh, so what you telling me is that you trying to have a plan B and a plan C. I thought your plan A was to be this world-renowned actor who took her craft seriously, why would you have a backup plan? That means you're not serious enough. That means you're not dedicated enough. And it was just like, no, I'm just trying to make sure I have this safety net. So because I was listening to the council of mentors and older folks, I just went to school for theater, got a bachelor of fine arts, a degree I can't do nothing with, you know what I'm saying? But I was listening to these stories. But back to the whole institution thing, my industry is really about, A, don't beg nobody for no money. You'll get it in due time. So what was I doing? I was in shows that were non-unionized. Um, in theater, the best shows to be in is the union houses because that means your rehearsal rehearsals are short. You get paid every single week. You know, you, go, you get bathroom breaks and all that stuff. Baby, when you're doing non-theater, our rehearsals was every night from 6 to 11. PM. Mind you, I was working two jobs at the time. I lived all the way southeast and had to go all the way up north to get in these mom and pop shows to pay my dues. One show that I was in, it was, I think, six weeks of rehearsal and a 12-week run. Runs are just the length of the show, of the performances. And child, do you know what the stipend was for a 12-week show, for a 12-week run? Child, they was trying to pay me $95 stipend. 
for the whole run of the show, for the whole rehearsal. And it was just like, why am I putting in this much work? I had hella lines to learn. We were doing stage choreo- fight choreography, learning dance routines. We had to sing. I had to put my life in danger trying to get up north uh, late at night and trying to get back out south on a train without a car. But I did it and didn't ask any questions about it because that was the industry norm. I had believed that money was evil, that I had to pay my dues in order for me to be a good artist. I needed to suffer for my craft and starve. Right. And so because I had all these beliefs, money is evil. You better not forget where you came from because you getting money. You being greedy. God already blessed you with three jobs that you breaking your back at. How dare you, you know, want to go up for one job that could pay you well. You can have work life balance, have a social life afterwards. How dare you ask that? I was stuck. I was in debt. I was in credit card debt, student loan debt, because I was too afraid to ask for more because I had these beliefs swimming around with money. Money is bad. Money makes me a bad person. Saying I want more is a slap in the face to God because he's already given me so much. Y'all got to understand, I'm a little black girl from the west side of Detroit, okay? Grew up on 18th and Martin Luther King. For me to move to the big city by myself, for me to get my college education, the first in my family, these are big things to me. You know what I'm saying? For me to, you know, step off a campus and get signed with the agent, that's huge. So it's like, how dare I ask for more? And it's funny how, you know, sometimes as Christians, we cherry pick what scriptures works for us, right? So we've all hunkered down on money is the root of all evil. And really the scripture is the love of money, like making money an idol can be the root of all evil. But we forget those scriptures that 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 remind us that God wants us to win, right? Like what's the scripture that says, um, God will bless you, bless us according to his riches and glory. Like God ain't no, no skimp. He ain't like walking around just like, I want you to be poor for the hell of it. Like it makes me feel better. No, he wants us to be, um, well taken care of and to have the things that we want. There's a scripture that's like, you know, if your father on earth can give you the gifts that you want, why would you think that I wouldn't? The, the God that's in heaven, you know what I'm saying? And I forgot all those scriptures, the scriptures that say, you know, uh, that that God is a good God. He's a giving God. And, and, you know, that we are blessed beyond measure. I was more so hanging on to scriptures that was condemning me. Money is evil. Money is bad. You greedy. Don't do all of that. Right. So again, in debt, student loan debt, credit card debt, all of that working, breaking my neck, working 25 jobs, going in these plays where I'm too tired to even give my all. Cause I've been at work all day. It was an awful cycle. And, you know, I wish that I had the courage to say I can be a good Christian and still want more money to live in this big city to pay off the degree I uh, uh, got a million loans for. I wish I had the courage to do that. That's my biggest regret is that I believe the lies that the world is telling us about money, that these constructs and institution want us to believe about money. Like we talked about last week or the week before, the wedding industry wants you to feel bad about not being married because it has to make money off of you getting married, right? So if you, you know, are 30 and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm not married yet. I feel bad. Marketing, the wedding industry 
put billions of dollars into marketing to make you feel bad so that hopefully you rush and make a hasty decision, marry somebody because the ring industry is waiting on you to get an engagement ring. The venue industry needs to host your wedding. You know what I'm saying? So there are constructs and beliefs that are put in place to keep us bound and stuck because it benefits them. The theater world benefits off of the starving artist rhetoric, right? Um, And so I stay stuck for years until I got tired. One of my biggest catalysts for change in my life is being exhausted beyond measure. Like I was tired of not being able to take trips with my friends, right? Like they going to Jamaica, Punta Cana, Paris. Just you want to go, oh girl, girl, you know I'm broke. I don't got no money. That's how I used to talk. Oh girl, you know I can't go. You know I can't go because I'm a broke person. Right. I was tired of being behind on all my bills, robbing Peter to pay Paul. OK, I'm not going to pay Kami at this time because I need to pay Credit Bank One or whatever. OK, I'm not going to pay my uh, dog on Internet bill because, oops, I forgot I got to go ahead and get, you know, this bill taken care of. Or I'm only going to put ten dollars in the gas tank and pray for the best. Hope I get there because, oh, later on, I need to eat. I was tired of that. And then I, you know, had to start. I, I switched churches. Thank God. <laughs> And started going to this church where the pastor was like, God is not mad at you. He's mad about you. He's in love, madly in love with you. God is on your side. And I started to believe those things. Like, I don't think God put me on earth to solely suffer. Now, I know life is life and trouble is trouble. And sometimes things are going to go left, right? Uh, things can't be peachy, perfect, keen, none of that, right? We're human beings living in a human world, having very human experiences, right? There's going to be storms and turmoil and financial woes and all, but it ain't got to last forever and ever. Amen. I ain't got to be broke all my life. And so I started to do the work to repair my relationship with money. Now, luckily enough, I grew up um, watching my mom immerse herself in Dave Ramsey. Like by the time I was about to leave off for college, my mom was like, I want to buy my first house. But she was much like me, left with three kids, accumulated debt. So she had to learn financial literacy. And so she, it was nothing for her to just let him play in the house all day long. When she picked us up from school or church, it was on the radio. And our church also kind of was going through Financial Peace University. So I'm hearing Dave Ramsey. We used to watch Susie Orman together. Um, I started getting into Jean Chatsky, um, who was doing a series with Oprah. Um, I cannot remember her books, but they were really about debt management and how to get out of debt. Um, I also, my mom got me this book by Blake. Glenda Bridgeforth called Girl Get Your Money Straight. So I wasn't financial illiterate. I was just afraid. But then I started, like I said, doing the work to really heal my relationship. And it started off with me repaying my debt through listening to Dave and watching YouTubers like Aja Dang and just all these other people. I started to clear out my credit card one after one. I think I only had two credit cards, three credit cards, paid them all off. Like, look, I ain't playing. Picked up whatever part-time job I needed to pick up. Um, And then I started paying off my student loans, my private loans. Like I just got my money together. Um, So after you pay off debt, you're just like, okay, so what's next? And I was still tired. Like it was like, Jessica, you still working three or four jobs. You still aren't having a good quality of life because even though you're healing a relationship with money, now you're thinking that money is only good to repay your debts to say, I'm sorry, here you go. 
Can you have fun with money? Can money be a cushion for you? Can you save up for something for pleasure? God forbid. So I had to start doing that work. And what helped me out um, with like just realizing that money isn't just a resource for debt repayment or paying off bills that I could have fun with money um, was through this little white girl. Her name is Amanda Francis. Now I have a friend. Her name is Kate Douster. She's also one of my clients through the Gold Getter Sessions. Um, she's a huge fan of Amanda Francis and she would talk about her constantly. Kate is an email marketing genius and she runs her own business. Um, and through Amanda's teaching, she was able to quadruple her income, right? She got involved with Amanda's money programs and all of that stuff. And she would tell me about it, but it'd be like, girl, bad. Like she would be like, oh my gosh, Amanda's helped me switch my mindset. And I was able to make all these zeros in my business and I would instantly shut down like, girl, that's for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't possibly make that in my business. I can't possibly have that in my life. And she'd be like, Jessica, Amanda Francis, Amanda Francis, Amanda Francis. And one day I just finally looked her up and she was so not my style. Amanda Francis is like a rich white girl from Beverly Hills, blonde hair, big boobs. Uh, you know, we stereotype people just like, girl, she had it made. I ain't, she ain't got nothing for me. Um, and so I didn't listen to her for years. Years. A couple years ago, I was in the gym looking for something to watch on YouTube. And I was like, let me check out Amanda Francis. And I clicked on one of her videos and baby, she was talking big cash. She was talking so much junk in the best way. Like she was saying some of the biggest ballsiest stuff. Um, and it was all stuff that I had heard before. Like money is a resource. Money is your friend. God is on your side. You are worthy of good things. But baby, she cusses like a sailor. And that's where I'm at in my life. That's my type of spirituality. Like, listen, we could be woo woo, but we also going to keep it real. And she started saying things in such a way. She was so odd. Uh, with the things she wanted and the way she requested it from God and the way she spoke of it. It was like, who do this girl think she is to say things like that? I, I pulled up one of my notes from when I was listening to her class, uh, her, her, some of her stuff. She used to say things like this. I cannot imagine thousands of dollars not coming through my business every single day. It's just impossible. But this is how she said it. She'd be like, I totally cannot imagine thousands of dollars not coming through my effing, effing business every effing day. It's just effing impossible. It was like, girl, hold on now. We can't, we can't be good people and be talking about something. It's impossible to make all this money. Hold on, girl, quiet down. You cussing and fussing and, and talking about all the things that like, girl, what are you doing? But it, it sparked something in me. She said, I expect for God to be on my side. I expect for the universe to be on my side. It was like, girl, what? Now, mind you, growing up as a Christian, we were taught to expect that God was on my side, but the way she said it, it was just, it, it freed something in me. She said, it all gets to be good, all of it. Another shoe doesn't have to drop. Um, she, she was saying things like, it's always this or something better. God loves me. People love me. Money loves me. People love paying me. I believe that people get to pay me and they get to pay me easily. Um, what else? Uh, I'm trying to read through. Here's, here's something. She had a saying that kind of fill up, filling out the blakes. Money can't run out. I always get to spend more. That first line, money can't run out. 
But what do you mean? Because it done ran out on me, honey. What you talking about, girl? There were some times I couldn't pay nobody. I couldn't eat. I couldn't get gas. Why are you saying that money can't run out? I always get to spend more. This was so controversial uh, topics to me. And she broke it down like what? Uh, money is a resource, much like water, right? Water is there to nourish you and replenish you and to quench your thirst and to get your blood moving in your body and to keep your brain functioning and your muscles lubricant lubricated. When we get thirsty, we just go get some water. You just turn on the tap, get you a glass and you go to the refrigerator with the filter and you go get some. Water is just there. It is a resource for us to just tap into, right? If if you're in a city like LA or Chicago, we have Lakeshore Drive and you're like, oh my goodness, I need some peace of mind. I could just drive to the lake and go look at the water. It's just there. It just exists, right? Um, And she was like, water isn't inherently evil or good. It's just there. Money is the same thing. It's just a resource that's there. We put the labels on to money. Money is bad. Rich people are bad. The 1% is bad. It's bad. But it could also be good. It could also be a resource that works in my favor, that helps me impact more people, that helps me live a good, comfortable life that'll help feed the generations after me. Like money doesn't have to be good or evil. You just get to decide, right? So for me, money started flowing more easily and coming into my life. Opportunities started coming in once I let go of these stories that money is inherently evil, that I'm a bad person for wanting more. I just decided I'm human and I want more, right? That, yeah, I am blessed beyond measure, but I also want something different. That's a-okay. And once I started doing that, changing my beliefs, opportunities started falling in my laps. Clients that I didn't even, weren't even on my radar started hitting me up. Hey, can I, is your, is your goal to get a sessions open? Like I want to become a client. I didn't even have it open. And two people reached out to me like, hey, I'm willing to pay whatever price you got up front. I'm going to work with you. Right. And let me say this disclaimer. I am not ignorant to the fact that this mindset is a very Western, very woo-woo, very privileged way of thinking. There are people in Flint that still have dirty water. There are people in different countries that don't have access to water like we do or to money or whatever the case may be, right? Uh, This Amanda Francis thing, the reason why she was repelling me so much is because I could see in my life, no, life was lifing. Like she does a whole lot of stuff that like, you can only attract the amount of money that you're energetically a match for, right? And it'd be like, no, nah, girl, I'm for real broke. Like, I don't got it. And if you're listening to me and you're feeling like that, I feel you, okay? I don't, I'm not so far gone that I think all you gotta do is click your heels twice, spin around in circles, pray for money, and it appears. No, 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 honey. I have lived, I am living. There are times when I go without and I'm lacking. And there are some seasons where I'm abundant AF. But what I will say for me, the reason why this was so freeing and the reason why I did start seeing a change in my money is because what I was doing before, you know, this mindset stuff started coming into my life was the exact opposite. 
All I was doing was ruminating. I am always broke. I was joking. I'm the broke friend. I was looking at my bills, stressed out, crying. Oh my God, I can never make a change, right? I was in fear. I was worrying. I was constantly thinking about worst case scenario uh, situations, right? Broke, I'll be broke forever. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. Nobody will ever pay me. My business will never do good. I'll never prosper. I'll always be poor. One day I'm gonna be home. Like I was doing all of that. What was it doing? Having me depressed. Having me drinking like a damn sailor, having me bitter, like I, I did all that. So it was just like, if and, and nothing was working from that. I wasn't becoming more prosperous thinking like that. So then it was just like, okay, well, would it hurt if I switch gears and just started kind of talking cash like Amanda Francis? If I started being audacious and saying that money can't run out, I always get to spend more. I always get to make more. I always get to be supported by money. What if I said money is my bestie instead of money is the root of all evil? What if I said money is my bestie instead of being like money is my enemy? Money is only for rich people. Money is only for white people. No, what if I said my black ass can have some money too? What if I started believing that, right? What if I said it's safe for me to want more? I'm not, it's safe for me to want more. It's safe for me to live bigger. I don't have to play small in every area of my life. I get to step up to the plate and say, hey, I do want more. What if I say it's safe to be rich? It's it's okay. It's okay to have money. What if I started saying, you know, it's safe to show up. It's safe to, to, to do me. It's safe to say, hire me. I'm good at what I do. It's safe for me to charge my rates and not give discounts. What, what started to happen when I started getting, you know, confident and, and saying, hey, money isn't good or, or evil. It just is what it is. And I need it. And I want some more of it. Started booking clients, started getting offers for sponsorships, started getting jobs falling in my lap, started getting grants. Right. So the thing is, is like it's not this way of thinking isn't some magic pill that'll heal all. It's just that. Faith and fear are essentially the same things. Both require you to believe in something that hasn't happened yet. And you can spend all your days toiling and being miserable and ruminating on what all ain't working, where everything is lacking, how one plus one ain't equal in two for you. Those can all be very true experiences for you, right? Or you could spend your days being like, listen, I see all that mess happen. I see the debt. I see the past due. But money never runs out in my life. God is always blessing me. He is always on my side. People love paying me. Everywhere I go, I attract amazing opportunities. Things are always working out in my favor. Uh, I get to spend more. I get to spend freely. Money comes to me easily and effortlessly. Right? What's the harm in that? And again, it won't poof a magic dog on leprechaun with gold won't come at the pot of the rainbow right when you say all of that. But when you shift your mindset, you get to see more opportunities. You get to start those creative wheels start to spin it. Dang, is there a side hustle I got in me? You know what I mean? Like, I want to make a stationary business. I want to make digital planners. I want to start braiding hair. I want to, you start getting creative, right? So don't be like me and be afraid to go 
after the bag. If there's a promotion at your job and you feel up for it, you feel like you have the capacity to put on put on more responsibility and it's it's a it's a huge pay increase with better benefits. Don't be married to the stories that we have. What are some of the stories that we have about money? Money is evil. We talked about that. Uh, do you believe that money makes you just a legit bad person? What stories do you have about money? Are you resentful of money because it's never been there for you when you needed it? Did you miss out like on a deeper relationship with a loved one because they were always outside chasing money? Bigger your daddy, he always at work chasing that money. You know what I mean? Like we resent money. You can resent it. Were you worried that perhaps if I go after this big promotion that my friends will think I'm, my friends will think that I think I'm all that. Back in the day, that was such uh, a diss. Like, girl, you think you all that. You think you better than me. Why aren't you going after the bag, right? What money stories do you have? Do you feel bad for wanting more when you already lead a very blessed and privileged life? Listen, will you lose all of your friends if you become financially stable? What's holding you back? Go after the things you want. Those things aren't true, but you have to start working to unlearn those stories, to give those stories up. Those stories might have worked for you and and helped you, you know, survive whatever dark era with money you was going through. But what if those things don't serve you anymore? What if you outgrew those stories, right? What if now life is asking you to step up to the plate and ask for the things you want? Can you do it? It's hard. It's going to take work. It's going to take some unlearning. It's going to take you sitting down and asking you, what do I truly believe? What do I really value? What do I really want? If it's important for you to see the world, like go to exotic places, then guess what? You're going to need some money to do that. Can you do that working, you know, at a job that has a a salary cap that's never going to see like you won't be able to take that trip for 20 years because you're making well below your worth? Start asking yourself those hard questions. Do you want a house? Do you want a better apartment? Do you want to move out of your mama's basement? It's going to take some money. Do you want to start your own business? It's going to take some money. (laughs) Right. And again, the shift in mindset isn't a magic pill. It just helps you be open to the idea that money's all around us. We just got to get creative to get it. And that's so hard and so privileged. Yet again, I will say that that's a a very American way of thinking, right? And I want to be sensitive to people that legit are going through and and don't have the capacity right now to change your mind. I see you. I feel you. I am you sometimes, okay? Um, But for me, the way out, was to switch gears. Now, how um, how do you start healing your relationship with money? Um, one way, um, like we said, is just to sit down and decide what do you want more of. Start unlearning some of those stories. Identify what's your stories like. How do I think it'll change me? Will I lose my friends? Can I not be the funny friend anymore? Um, and once you sit down with that. Yeah. You want to start breaking down those stories. Think about the person that you do want to be. Now, I got this from James Clear in his book called Atomic Habits. Um, And Atomic Habits is a wonderful book. I'll be sure to link it in the show notes. Please check it out. Um, But it's talking about how little tiny micro 
actions a day will lead to big change, right? We oftentimes think, well, shoot, Jessica done inspired me. I want to be a woman about my business, about my coins. Let me do every, let me do a clean sweep now. I'm about to get my money straight. You could do that, but it's hard to sustain that. And that's what his book is about, just those micro actions. But one thing that really resonated with me is that he was like, when you're ready to make a big change, Instead of making the change through habits, like, okay, I'm going to save $1,000 in the, in the next three months. Okay, how do I save $1,000? That means I have to put up $100 each paycheck. Okay, cool. You do that after 10 weeks, you got your $1,000, right? So then you sit there and you're like, okay, so now what? You don't know what to do with that money. You saved it. And then let's say you at the Apple store, and you see that new MacBook and you're like, I do need a new computer. I mean, it's only $9.99 and you might spend it, right? And he says that happens is because we get so goal oriented that once we've hit the goal, that's it. Like you kind of wash your hands of it. But he was like, start thinking of change as a way you identify yourself, right? So if I want to be someone that is financially savvy, I start identifying myself as someone that is financially savvy so that not only did I save a thousand dollars, but when I go into Apple and I see that MacBook, I can stop and say, hmm, is buying this MacBook impulsively something I thought about? My computer at home is working just fine. A decision that a financially savvy person makes. No. All right. I get to walk away. Um, an opportunity comes along where, you know, somebody presents you with a, a, a business opportunity and you can invest your money in it and it's a good look, but you're a little bit afraid because you got those stories floating around. Money is the root of all evil. You can't be a good person. And typically you will run away from it, but you can stop and say, huh, this business plan aligns with my goals, aligns with where I want to be in my life. Is investing in this something that a financially stable person would invest in? And then you do it. And that's how you make change, right? Uh, is You can absolutely try it the habit way. But once we get finished with it, we're like, okay, now what? Once you get the job, you're like, okay, now what? Once you do X, Y, it's open a business. It's like, okay, now what? But if you identify, listen, I am a New York Times bestseller author. Okay, so when it's time for me to sit down and write my thousand words for the day, will I fight about writing it? No, because I aligned and I identify myself as this world-renowned writer. Let me sit my tail down and write out this manuscript. But if you were doing it by goals, like, oh, I need to write a thousand words today. You can sit down and be like, I mean, technically I can do it tomorrow because I got tomorrow off and I don't really feel committed to it. So that's where I would say start when you're starting to heal that relationship. Go back and look at the stories and identify what stories am I telling myself and then figure out who do you want to be with money moving forward. You don't have to be the broke friend. You don't have to be the starving artist. You don't have to be the struggling single mother. You don't have to be, you know, in financial isolation in your marriage. You can be a savvy Christian of a financially savvy Christian. You can be an artist that is well-paid and still really dedicated to their craft. You can be in a happy marriage and still be about your coins. You can be a good person and still make a ton of money so that you can incite change in the world. Those 
things don't have to be mutually exclusive, right? But it takes some work to do that. So how else can you heal your relationship? You got to change your money mindset, of course. And I have some resources. Of course, you could check out Amanda Francis's work. Again, I warn you, she's not everybody's cup of tea. Um, And for years, it took me a long time to jive with her just because I was like, girl, what What are you talking about? Um, But if if she's your thing, check her out. I'll link her YouTube um, in today's show notes, just go to the sundayjumpstart.com and click on today's episode, episode number 144. Everything that I mentioned in today's episode will be there. Of course, check out Atomic Habits so you could talk about, learn more about um, how to make change, lasting change in your life, right? You are a badass at making money by Jen Sincero. That's a really good book. I saw it in the airport one day, picked it up and it changed my life. She was much like me, struggling, married to the idea that she was broke. And then one day she said, enough is enough. She finally sat down, wrote her book, started her coaching business and blew up from there, right? We got, We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers. Check that book out because that is written by a black woman, honey. She tells the same story. Grew up with a single mom that had some addiction issues. She had to raise her sibling by herself, uh, was straddled with debt. She was a lawyer, committed to being a lawyer, realized she hated it and switched careers. And and now she's a millionaire. What else? We're going to talk. You can check out Manifest Now by Adil Ahmad. That's talking about your worthiness and how to make things happen in your life. That's a good book. I would recommend you listening to it. It's a really great audio book. The Big Leap by Gary Hendricks. Uh, It's all kind of stuff. I have like a little bundle that'll be on the website. So you can check out some of these books. Start studying um, mindset. Start studying about money. Learn about stocks and investments and our IRAs. Get comfortable with money. Leave some cash on your desk so that is is there as a reminder. Money is always here for me. And then it'll feel icky and cringy and gross. Hey, Kobe, he waking up, y'all. So I got to start wrapping it up. But it'll also, it'll feel like that at first. But then it will start helping. Hey, money is always here. Every time I look up, here to go that $20 bill, right? And it is just like a little trick to help start healing your relationship with money. Now we talked about being broke, busted, disgusted in money. How are some ways that you can start leveling your money the hell up? We talked about going for the promotion. I would suggest go on your job board right now and see if there's something that aligns with you in what you're already doing and see if there's more money there. Step up and ask for it. Hey, I want to go up. Does your career have a cap? Is it time to switch careers? My little sister, Erin, do not play about her money. I wish I had that in me. I think all, you know, younger millennials or Gen Zers, y'all don't play. Y'all ain't with the stories. Y'all like, baby, that's cute. I hear you, but I need some money. So um, Erin was a teacher for years, loved teaching, loved her principal, loved her school, loved her kids. But she knows that there's a salary cap. Like you can't walk away as a teacher, as a multimillionaire, unless you open up different streams of income. Um, you know, there are teachers that are influencers. There are teachers that are on Teachers Pay Teachers making, you know, uh, not stencils, making whatever they make on Teachers Pay Teachers where, you know, other teachers can come on and download their lesson plans or their activities. Their teachers are doing it big, but in the the position just in and of itself, it has a cap. So my sister during, you know, when all the nurses were uh, making hella money during COVID, she went and got her CNA. Like, look, I'm about to test this out. Realized she didn't like it, but I always applaud her bravery. 
I am one of those people that's like, well, I said I'm going to be an actor, so I need to stick to it, even if it ain't working, even if I'm broke, even if this new generation be like, listen, I said I was a teacher, but I'm going to change my mind. You are allowed to change your mind. I did a whole episode on that. Uh, I'll be sure to link it in the show notes. It's all about changing your mind and pivoting and quitting. Sometimes it's okay to quit. We're of the belief that quit it. Quitters never win. Yes, the hell they do when it when it ain't working. No more for them. Okay, go ahead and quit. She switched that and realized I didn't like that. And then, you know, my boo is in tech. My boo is a cloud engineer. His name is Will. Will is a cloud engineer. And um, Aaron started talking to Will and, you know, her and I are both on black Twitter and we see all the black tech Twitter tweets about people that's like, I used to be, you know, a shoe salesman, but I switched careers and I got into tech and I got in this boot camp. I make $150,000. I make $100,000. I make $200,000. And so she is in a very rigorous coding boot camp as we speak. She d- graduates in December. Aaron is about that. Listen, I'm switching, pivoting, moving on life. That is something you can ask yourself. Is there a cap in your career? And are there any invitations, even if it doesn't have to be right now, is there an invitation or an inkling in you to switch gears? If so, Follow that. Can you start a side hustle, right? Like I said, I used to love to braid hair. I'm a little rusty now because I don't do it no more. Baby, I was making hand over fist money when I was actively doing hair. Is there a side hustle in you? Can you tutor? Can you go over somebody else's house and do their laundry? Child, my friend Tequila, when uh, she was living in the city, she has two boys, a husband and herself. She had mounds of laundry. And I was like, Tequila, just... I'll come over there and just do your laundry every weekend. Just pay me a few dollars. Like, give me my gas money or something. Start a side hustle. Uh, can you revamp people's resumes? Can you audit people's websites? Can you write somebody else's newsletter? Can you edit somebody else's podcast? Can you walk somebody's dog? Can you go grocery shopping for people? Y'all know I will hop on Instacart in a second. When I was struggling, baby, I was Ubering, renting my room out when I was traveling. You know, it was nothing for me to be out of the city for six months at a time for my job. Do you, you better believe I was Airbnb being my home every week, making a few extra thousand dollars a month. Is there a sad hustle in you, right? Is it time for you to get a second part-time job, right? Maybe you can go to Home Depot for a couple hours just so that you can start saving some money. Where Where is there room for you in your life where you can level up, right? Maybe even just sitting down and start reading about finances and um, debt management and investments, right? Everybody's on the crypto chain, NFTs, Web9, you know, start learning about that. Start learning about traditional stocks. Maybe you can get into real estate. Um, my dear friend, Kendra Barnes, she was on a, um, a couple episodes uh, about real estate and how to, you know, get your first income property. I'll link that in the show notes. Like, where is there room for you to just take one small step to get a quick win with some money, right? Ask yourself this question. You can even start leveling up your money just by seeing where your money is going. Can you have a weekly money meeting? Like, let me just sit down and look at this doggone Chase account, see where the hell my money is going. Dang, I spent $7 at Chipotle. Like, that's fine if I got it like that. That's fine if I love Chipotle. But if I want to 
like have a better road wardrobe can't that 70 dollars go towards some shoes you know what i'm saying just being aware of where your money is going is an awesome way to start uh leveling up you could start using cash we're so used to debiting and crediting everything that we forget the weight of cash and how uh, readily available it is for us. If you start carrying cash and seeing it, that heals your relationship with money. Like, dang, I got money in the bank. You can't tell me nothing because we can't see our money anymore. When you, you know, organize your wallet, you know, put all your bills facing the right way, you you feel more confident. You get a little bit of swag in your uh, step. And just those simple things will start to invite more money into your life. It'll help you get more confident. It'll help you be bolder and ask for audacious things, right? Start working with your relationship with money and start healing it and start identifying as the person you want to be financially. Thankfully, like I said, I got out of debt I, you know, am way more wiser with my money. I'm not afraid to charge what I need to charge to help other people. I'm not afraid to, you know, hey, Jessica, can you do the speaking engagement? Sure can. What's the rates? Like I used to be afraid to ask that. Sure can. How much you paying? Now it's, 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 it's just a thing. It's just like nothing, right? So that is my message for today. That's one of my big lessons is that Money ain't mad at me. God ain't mad at me for wanting money. Uh, that that there are so many opportunities out there and I have what it takes to go up for them. I deserve good things. I deserve to live a good life and I can't be ashamed that I want those things. And so I wanted to impart that on you today. If you just feel stuck and spinning around this money m- m- mountain and you're tired of it, start doing the work, man, to heal those stories and to just know that money isn't a bad thing. You don't have to be a bad person to live well, to live comfortably. And again, I just want to, you know, be sensitive. Life be lifing. There are seasons to life, but I would much rather use the same energy that I spend worrying and in fear and ruminating on the worst situation and the worst outcome I would rather thinking like this money is on my side money. You know, I always get to spend it. It's my bestie because it's the same thing. You're believing in something that hasn't happened yet. All right. Well, y'all, that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Y'all, we talked about a lot in today's episode. There were a ton of resources. Um, If you want to check out, you know, some of those books and uh, YouTube channels, just go to the sundayjumpstart.com and click on episode number 144. That's the show notes, honey. Everything that we talked about will be there for you to go ahead and click and purchase and all of that jazz. All right. If you want to hang out with me outside of just the podcast, be sure to follow along on Instagram. The handle is at the Sunday Jumpstart. If Instagram is not your thing, you can contact me via email at hi at the Sunday Jumpstart.com. As always, if you could do me a huge favor and leave a five star rate and review um, in Apple Podcasts, that really does help get our make ish happen message out there. Maybe tell me what you thought about today's episode or a past episode. Uh, leave your names. So I could be sure to shout you out on an episode. Y'all, 
this Wednesday, I promise I will be back with a quick tip. I keep saying that. And then after this recording, I'm like, and now you should record your quick tip. Child, Kobe be done woke up and then I forget and Wednesday come and I don't record it. But I will be back with a quick tip this week. That is our five to 10 minute episodes that are just designed to help you finish your week strong. Okay, you guys, I love you so much. We'll be back next Sunday with a full length episode. I love you guys so much. I'm rooting for you and praying for you. You got this. Have an incredible week and I will see you here this Wednesday. Bye.